0: hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The gospel, the only good news left. The only good news left. The gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about how how real that is in this day. The gospel of Jesus Christ the only real good news we have left. If we don't have the gospel, where would our hope come from? Just think about that for yourself personally. If you didn't know Christ Jesus, what would you be hoping in? If we are honest, if we are honest in keeping it Real, most of us would have gave up on this life a long time ago. We'd have been thrown in the towel in this life if we didn't have Jesus Christ. I, for one, probably be a divorced, alcoholic bum. Living to die. Living to die. Because without Jesus, without the gospel, we have no hope. Just think about in your life right now, if you didn't have Jesus, if you didn't know the gospel, if you didn't have faith in your heart of the gospel, what would you be hoping in? What would be there for you to hope in? (laughs) See, there would be no future. There would be no future. There would be no heaven. What would we have to hope in? There would be no hope for change. What about our peace, that peace that the world can't give us? We'll have to rely on the world for that peace. How sad is that? We will have to hope in this dying world that we see every day without the gospel. But yet we take the gospel for granted, don't we? We take the gospel for granted. You know, there wouldn't be any hope for our children. Wouldn't be any hope for our grandchildren. They will have nothing to look forward to but death. Couldn't look forward to seeing our loved ones again. At all. So many people live in this world hopeless, hopeless because they don't know Jesus. They don't know this gospel that we know. So they live hopeless in this world. And and when people live hopeless, when they feel hopeless, they tend to live hopeless. And they tend to do a lot of things that you see in this world right now. People living without hope, without care, You know, without that change of heart that Jesus gives, that the gospel has given us, has blessed us so much. But yet we sometimes we take it for granted. What are you living for? Who are you living for, church? Who are you living for? You know, the things that you put most of your time in outside of Christ the things that you put all your effort in outside of Christ, um, you know, the things that you love outside of Christ, those things are going to be gone. They're going to be gone. And if you don't have Christ, you have nothing left. Nothing left. See how important the Christ is to, to hold on to the gospel? Paul said, you know, compared to Christ, I count everything else as rubbish, nothing, nothing. That's how we have to feel in our heart about this gospel, about this gospel. Everything that you are putting before Christ, will it be worth it in the end? Will it be worth it in the end? The Bible says his his return is imminent. That means at any time, at any time, if Christ was to return today, today, with what you are doing, with how you are living, will it be acceptable? Will it be pleasing to him? Will he accept your sacrifice? Will he accept your sacrifice? We don't know the day, the hour, nor the time, church, nor the time. But if you believe in the gospel, you have a reason to get ready. You have a reason to be ready. You have a reason to live this life here on earth preparing for heaven. You have a purpose, a purpose. The gospel gives us something to hope in and live for now. Now, we don't have to wait to our future. See, we should be living now on this earth for our eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. Hebrews 9.15 says, this is why he is the one who, who... who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sins they had committed under the first covenant. See, the gospel can give us what this world can give us. God's purpose of the gospel is to save us from this dying world. Through the gospel, Jesus Christ mediates our new covenant with God. He has set us free. He has set us free from the penalty of sin. And and those of us who live to stay free can receive that eternal inheritance that God's promised through Jesus. See, we as Christians have to share this gospel, church. We have to share this gospel to a hurting and dying world. But we have a lot of Christians that are not set free, are not living as set free Christians. We have a lot of Christians that Um, compromise their faith. They are living as sinners. But there's good news. (laughs) The good news of the gospel, see? The good news of the gospel. When we fall, we don't have to stay there. When we sin, we're not condemned. See, the gospel is for the lost sinners and also for the For the wayward saints that lose their way sometimes. So I want us to look at Acts. Acts 2, 31 through 34. And and the central fact of the gospel, Peter gave this on, on Pentecost. On Pentecost. See, the good news gives meaning to this life, church. This life. And if we're honest, we have to see ourselves in this gospel, in this gospel, because the sinner can be transformed and still affect the world for Christ. All is not lost. All is not lost. He reads, David was looking into the future, speaking of the Messiah's resurrection He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Now, he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand, hallelujah. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk about the the good news of the ascended Christ, the good news of the ascended Christ. It's not only the good news that Jesus died for all and his death put in effect a new covenant which, which offers salvation, but also fellowship with God. But the fact that he rose from the dead with the promised Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. And I want to talk more about that next week. But the main purpose of this message today is that Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus is now at the right hand of God. Jesus is now at the highest place of authority. See, part of Pentecost is that Jesus ascended to the throne. See, church, and and, and the good news is that on that throne, Jesus is interceding for us. See, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus lives. Jesus lives. And, And the sinner can be forgiven. The sinner can be healed. It's good news, too, that in spite of the corruption that we see in this world, whenever those corrupted people repent and turn to God, their sins will be wiped out as far as from the east to the west, church. That's good news that the one who holds all power has our back. He has our back, church, has our back. See, when we lay our burdens, when we lay our our troubles, when we lay our sins down, Jesus pleads your case to the Father. Not for harm, but for help. But for help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus speaks to the Father in your defense. In your defense. And you don't have to pay him. (laughs) You don't have to come out your pockets. All he asks is that you come to him. With a humble spirit and a contrite heart. That's it. That's it. And lay your burdens down. Let me ask you. Who's speaking up for you in this world? Huh? Who's willing to defend you? In your mess. When you are wrong, who's coming? Who's rushing to defend you? Uh, Who's speaking up for you, church? Is there anybody who won't judge you in your sin? Yeah. Or love you unconditionally? Yeah. It's quiet. Not many, right? Not many. We have... We have marriages broken apart because of sin. Friendships, relationships broken apart because of sin. Families estranged from each other because of sin. Sin causes separation, and most people will desert you in your sin. Part of the good news of the gospel is Jesus won't. Jesus won't. You may turn your back on Jesus, but Jesus would never turn his back on you, even in your sin, church, even in your sin. doesn't matter who you are or what you have done. Jesus lived, died, and God raised him from the dead to be your healer, to be your protector, to be your sustainer, to be your savior. He raised him from the dead to wash all your wrongs away to take all of your, your guilt away, your shame away, to clear your record of any sin. That's who we serve. That's our defender. First John tells us this. He says, dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Good news. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The righteous one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't hear no sin in the house. <laughs> the gospel God raises Jesus to life from the grave to take away your sin. See, the story of, of, of John is, John is what? About 100 years old when he actually wrote this. And, and he has the right to address us as little children. He has the, also the authority to, to speak about our sin. Because this is the sin that is destroying our families, destroying our communities, and destroying our own lives. Search. He has the right. He says, I write to you that you sin not, and we should listen. We should listen. See, John personally knowing the frail state of humanity, the frail state of our flesh, because he knows there's nothing more demoralizing than than a saint, than a Christian falling victim to sin. Falling victim to sin. Why did I have to give in to that temptation? Why? God won't forgive me for this one, right? God won't forgive me for this one. That's who we are. And that's what John knows. See, in our enemy, Satan will use that. He will use that against us, our failures, and accuse us in our guilt and allow to have us to wallow in that guilt of our sin and our shame, church. But see, there's good news in those miserable moments. The good news of the gospel in those miserable moments. We can rely on Jesus, the righteous one. The righteous one. All is not lost for the sinner, for the backslider. All is not Lost for the ones outside these doors that need to hear this message. All is not lost. We are not perfect and we never will be. We know sin is against God's will and, and, and we are forbidden to indulge in it. But in the case that we do sin, we're not written off the list, church. We're not kicked out of the family of God. No, no. We're we're not disowned to the point that we won't receive that eternal inheritance. No, we're not. See, we don't lose it. We don't lose it. So we don't have to lie about our sin. We don't have to lie about our sin when temptation over, overtakes us and we give in to it. We have an advocate, church. He's the advocate of truth as well. See, the Bible also tells us that to confess, confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be what? Healed. Healed. See, we pray for our brothers and sisters When they're caught up in sin, because Jesus Christ is an advocate for sinners. He's an advocate for sinners, church. God raised him up from the dead to sit on the throne at the right hand. (laughs) At the right hand of God. That's the one that is speaking up on our behalf. See, we tend to listen to our right-hand man, don't we? We tend to listen to whoever our right-hand man or woman is. We believe they, how they say, speak the gospel, speak the truth. We listen to everything they say, don't we? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. It's God's right-hand man. And guess what he's doing? He's speaking up for you. He's speaking on your behalf, church. Not against you. Never against you. No matter how wrong you are. Jesus is pleading your case to the Father. No matter how wrong you are or think you have have done, Jesus, when you take it to Jesus, he's pleading the case to God. On your behalf. Not many would do that, right? Not many would do that. See, when we are weak, we are strong through our advocate, Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ. What's the saying when we, 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 um, we are nothing without our homeboys or homegirls? But we stand bold when we know we got back? Jesus has your back, church. Jesus has your back. You can stand strong in the Lord. He has your back. Even when we fall in in different temptations to sin or or, or doing anything wrong. Jesus wants to pick you up. He's not going to stump on you like the world. He wants to lift you up. And watch you learn from that. And watch you learn from that. Hallelujah. The good God we serve. Hebrews 7 25 and 26 says this. He says, Therefore, he is able to save completely. Not not partly, not halfway, but completely those who come to God through him. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. You can't get to God without Jesus. See, right there. Right there, I don't hear enough people speaking the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. That's our best friend, our protector, our healer. The finished works of, 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 on the cross secured our salvation. When Jesus said, it is finished, it is finished, he means it's done for you. For you. For you. His work to redeem his children was done. Redone. The song says, let the redeem of the Lord say so. Say so. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Know that you are redeemed. No matter how far you may slip and fall. You are redeemed so you can get back up, church. You can get back up. Don't wallow in your sin. Don't be shame in your sin and stay away from the things of the Lord because you, 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 you gave in the temptation. No. No. The door stays open for you because of the finished works of Jesus Christ on the cross. A lot of people, church, need to know that outside these doors. That's one of the reasons they're not coming in. They think they're condemned in their sin. They think all is lost for them. But it's not. It's not. See, Jesus didn't come to manipulate the evidence of our sin. No, we're guilty. We are definitely guilty. Yes. But we have an advocate. Our our defender bases his case on the fact that he is the sacrifice for our sin. And in God's court, the defender, the advocate, must be perfect and sinless. And Jesus Christ is the only one who can defend us. Your husband, your wife can't defend you to God. Your mama, your daddy can't defend you to God. Your friends cannot defend you to God. Jesus is the only one that can get you off the hook. The only one that can get you off the hook. But yet we run into all these other things and places and and people when Jesus is the only one that can get you off the hook. We have to correct people. And they're wrong sometimes. We have to correct them when we see people reaching out to all these different things for for the help that they can only get from Jesus, sometimes we have to pull them to the side and plant that seed within them. And what they do with it, that's on them. But we have to plant that seed and let them know that's the wrong direction, ma'am, sir. You need to be looking upward, upward, upward. Jesus is the only one qualified, To defend us, church. He's the only one that would get us off the hook. Jesus is what? Our defense attorney in heaven. Our defense attorney in heaven, church. Our moral defense attorney. And we fail morally a lot. And we have a moral defense attorney when we don't get it right. When our emotions get the best of us. And we talk down on people, our evil thoughts against people, our evil words towards people. Our moral defense attorney gives us opportunity to repent. He is the perfect and sinless one, and he's at the father's right hand, at the right hand. See, we don't have to fear judgment. Judgment. You're a Christian. You don't have to fear judgment because of what Christ has done on the cross. The finished works. You don't have to fear judgment. That is why we have an altar. To repent to the Lord. To repent to the Lord. The sacrifice of your heart should be at the altar. The sacrifice of your heart should be at the altar church we have the opportunity to repent to Jesus and turn away from our sin the opportunity the opportunity to repent from our sins and never to go back and we can be found not guilty in the presence of God not guilty When we are guilty, we are found not guilty. And he is the only one that can do that. That can erase your past, your your sins. So when we pray, we need to regard Jesus. We need to regard Jesus as though he is right there with us. We need to regard him as though he's he's right by our side, discussing our case with the Father. Because that's what he's doing. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah, that's what he's doing. As we are kneeling down, praying to the Lord, he's right there with us. As we speak, he's... Communion with God on our behalf, on your behalf, on your behalf. Mm, 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 mm. See, because without repentance, church, we will have to face the penalty. We will have to face the penalty of sin. And the wages of sin is what? Is death. See, without repentance, Jesus can't defend you. Without repentance, Jesus can't be your defense attorney. He can't be your advocate. Without repentance, Jesus can't help you. He can't help you. He can't help you. But the good news is, with repentance, church, Jesus intercedes for us. He intervenes and pleads our case to, to God based on his sacrifice on the cross. He's our defender. He's our defender. Jesus tells the Father, they're mine. They're covered. I die for them. I die for you. I die for you. I die for you. Jesus took on himself the punishment of our sins, to take away all of God's just anger against us. All of God's just wrath against us. Repentance means change. Turn away from, from sin and turn towards God. Turn towards God. Repent and be saved, church. 1 John tells us this. If we claim to be without sin... If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Good news. See, the good news just keeps coming. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The sinner of the gospel, the sinner of the gospel. Don't claim to be perfect or without sin. Confess. Confess your sin. Because if we do, if any of us do sin, we have an advocate. We have an advocate. You have an advocate. You have an advocate, church. See, being God's people doesn't mean denying our sin. It means confessing our sin. Confessing our sin. See, we, we have to admit that God is right. That our actions, our thoughts, our words was wrong. We have to agree with God. We have to agree with God. Because we are all sinners. We are all sinners. See, and we sin because we are sinners. We sin because we are sinners. A lot of people walking around like they don't smell nothing. <laughs> and just as rotten as they can be. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. We sin because we are sinners. The good news is that we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just, and will forgive us of our sin and purify us from all Unrighteousness. And I want to close with this John 2 2. He says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only ours, but also for the sins of the world. Part of the good news of the gospel is there's hope for the sinner. There's hope for the sinner. It's not too late for the sinner to repent, church. It's not too late. But it must be personal. It must be personal. See, you have to you have to be personal with Jesus. See, I can pray for you, I can pray with you, but I can't repent of your sin. Your mama, your daddy can't repent of your sin. Your husband, your wife can't repent of your sin. Attorney client privilege. <laughs> Yeah. It has to come from your heart to your mouth to Jesus' ears. To Jesus' ears. Share the message that there is repentance, church. A lot of people are living not understanding that message of of forgiveness through the gospel. Through the gospel. If they don't read anything else. They don't know anything else. They need to know forgiveness. That's the only way that they'll be able to come back uh, to Christ. We, know all, we all know people who need it. You know, not, not the fact that they need it so because they are so bad off. No, we, we, we can't look at people like that. You know, we, we see the sin, but that's not the person. We we can't look at people and think that uh, they're so bad off that they're just, oh, you need to go repent, repent. Oh, you need to do whatever to make it up to God. No, no. The door is open. The door is open. God loves you. That's why he wants you to repent. He loves you. He loves you. The door is always open. Jesus loves us. Share the message of repentance, church. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Father. Lord, Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Father, for the opportunity of repentance, Father. Where would we be without the opportunity to be forgiven? Where would we be without the gospel of Jesus Christ? We'll be lost in our sin. The Bible tells us we would be lost in our sin if, if there was no resurrection, there was no faith. We will be lost in our sins. We will have nothing to look forward to. So, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you for your son, the sacrifice of Jesus, just to cover us, to cover us. And all he asks is for a sincere heart, sincere heart. And he will erase all of our sins as far as from the east is to the west. I pray that these hearts hear the Lord calling. I pray that these hearts hear the Lord's calling. I pray that they know that there is freedom in Christ, there's deliverance in Christ, there's unconditional love in Christ. Father, I ask you to speak to the hearts and minds of your people, not only in here, but outside those doors, God. Allow us to have the opportunity to go plant those seeds in our community. And I pray, Father, that you do the rest, that you come in and water them and watch them grow, God. The true saying is the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Father, speak to the hearts and minds of your people. Speak to the hearts and minds of your people. Let us be more like Jesus and less like us. Amen.